Today on Live Happy Now, we go inside the story of one of the most notorious institutions that played a key role in changing the way we look at physical and mental disabilities. My big hope here is that when people read the story, first of all, they'll have a sense of kindness that would be a natural outgrowth of witnessing these stories so that the next time they encounter someone with a disability, that instead of a type of inhibition, they might respond with kindness. Hello, this is Jeff Sanders, and welcome back to another episode of the Live Happy Now podcast. This week, we're talking to Dan Tomasulo, a core faculty member who teaches positive psychology at the Spirituality Mind Body Institute at Columbia University. His new book, American Snake Pit, Hope, Grit, and Resilience in the Wake of Willowbrook, tells the story of the fallout after the closing of New York's most controversial state hospital for the mentally disabled. After a groundbreaking 1972 expose from Geraldo Rivera about the horrendous living conditions at Willowbrook State School, including overcrowding, patient abuse, and questionable treatment methods, plans were made to close its doors. Dan, then a young postgraduate student, was hired to relocate and treat its most seriously disabled residents. This week, he talks with Live Happy Now's Chris Libby about how he found hope and resilience in this most unlikely setting. Uh, hello, Dan. How are you today? I'm doing fine, Chris. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast. So for those who don't know about uh, Willowbrook, can you, uh, and what happened after that is really what your book talks about, which is great. Can you briefly explain what happened after those ex explosive reports and how that really changed the course of your life? Sure, sure. Um, Willowbrook was a, um, uh, a state school, uh, really just a euphemism for an institution. And um, it went through some harrowing beginnings, but ultimately it was um, the largest asylum in uh, America and it was the most infamous. Um, it was uh, just uh, uh, hell on earth. That's really what it was identified as. Uh, people weren't being given clothing. Um, they weren't giving a adequate food. They were doing uh, medical experiments on the inmates. And it was really, really, really horrific. And um, uh, all the way back in 1965, uh, Bobby Kennedy uh, went unannounced to visit. And as you know, he had a uh, sister who was intellectually disabled. Um, and uh, he went to visit, and uh, there was a video of him when he comes out. He's visibly shaken. Uh, by what he saw. And uh, the title of my book, American Snake Pit, comes from what he said when he came out. He said, we have a situation that borders on a snake pit. And that really captured my interest. Um, but that was 1965, and nothing happened, even after Bobby Kennedy went in. It wasn't until uh, 1972 when uh, Geraldo Rivera uh, illegally took a uh, film crew in and um, videotaped it and then put the the, the, the videos right on TV, I think it was Channel 7 News, and uh, that created quite a reaction. Uh, and what came from that was about 100 different lawsuits and something known as the Willowbrook Decree, a major, major shift for social justice. And um, ultimately what happened is they, uh, they had to, uh, uh, Governor uh, uh, Rockefeller at the time, uh, was pretty much indicted for negligence. Uh, and uh, they had to move money out. They had to get uh, people out and have money and show good faith. Eventually what happened is they 
showed good faith, moved people out that could make it in the community. And then eventually they came down to the folks who had amazing disabilities, uh, what we might call polydiagnostic, intellectual, psychiatric, physical uh, problems, behavioral problems. And back in the 70s, we didn't have the psychological technology to know whether or not you could even help these folks, but they had to spend the money because of the lawsuit. And that's where I come in. <laughs> I, uh, I was pretty much homeless. I was in a boarding home. I had run out of money. My life was pretty much in a mess, but I was also finishing my PhD and I didn't have enough money for it. So I applied for the job and uh, kind of talked my way into it. And I had no idea what I was getting into. Uh, but that's what this, uh, this story is about. Um, uh, we, we had to give it a try and nobody expected that we would succeed. So uh, spoiler alert, the, uh, the story turns out better than uh, people thought. <laughs> <laughs> Do you th- how far have we come as a society in how we treat people with intellectual and psychiatric disabilities, and how much farther do you think we need to go? Boy, Chris, what a great question. Uh, because of the nature of the disability of the people who are in the institution, there were really no authors. There was nobody who had gone through these experiences who could write about it um, or uh, show the images. So I, I, I kind of, uh, you know, found myself in a unique spot of uh, knowing the story, being there, being part of it, um, and wanting wanting to show and tell what's possible. Um, and um, uh, you know, what what happened during that time is um, that there were about ten homes that were highly experimental, and uh, we took some very very involved people, but we showed that. If you um, uh, gave people an opportunity and created the right environment for their strengths to emerge and to, um, you know, give them a chance to flourish, their hidden talents came out too, Um, you know, and they they learned how to support each other and nurture each other and, you know, deal with all the normal things that we all deal with in life. Uh, And actually that those homes became, and what happened at Willowbrook, uh, became the basis for civil rights becoming a um, mental health becoming a civil right in the United States. A lot of people don't realize that, but it was Willowbrook that initiated it. And in 1980, um, mental health became a civil right. So that means all nursing homes, prisons, any institution now, um, the civil rights of the uh, inhabitants are covered by um, by federal law, which is actually pretty cool. So there's been a, there's been a lot of progress. <clears throat> but a lot more needs to be done. So uh, what do you hope people take away from uh, when they pick up American Snake Pit? My big hope here is that when people read the story, um, first of all, they'll, they'll have a sense of kindness um, that uh, sort of would be a natural outgrowth of, of witnessing these stories so that the next time they're, they encounter someone with a disability, that uh, instead of a type of inhibition, uh, they might uh, respond with kindness. That would be the first thing. And then um, uh, secondly is is to be inspired for their own personal growth. When you see people who had less than nothing um, really, really make tremendous gains in their life, um, this can be profoundly inspiring. I guess a, a secondary thing from that, uh, from beyond the personal, I, I was very lucky to have uh, some wonderful people endorse the book. Um, 
beginning with um, uh, Phil Zimbardo, who uh, people would know from uh, the mm. Lucifer Effect and the Stanford Prison Study. And uh, he was he was one of the first. He, he, he just jumped right on it um, because he said Willowbrook was basically um, a, a perfect example of the Lucifer Effect. How, how do things go bad? You know, and, and to help people awaken to that fact that um, if something isn't right, uh, it's important to have a voice to speak up about that. That's really important uh, because all the things that go bad start with uh, people not saying they're doing something. They kind of let the, the crummy thing happen and then it grows arms and legs. And next thing you know, we, we've got a Willowbrook or something worse on our hands. Positive psychology and a lot of the research is going to move toward understanding hope at a deeper, deeper level. Um, uh, and that's, that's powerful stuff. Um, so my, my, my dream is that people will feel inspired uh, when, they, uh, when they read it and that they'll carry forward uh, a, a sense of kindness, a sense of perhaps responsibility for speaking up when things are not okay. Um, and uh, uh, some, some personal uh, sense of, of, of growth and evolution. Yeah. That's interesting that you bring up Phil Zimbardo uh, because that's exactly what – when I was reading your book, that's what that reminded me of um, was that situation about the Stanford experiment. And that was recently made into a movie. I don't know if you're aware, but you were one of the first psychologists and psychodramatists to uh, – and I hope I'm saying that right uh, – to go through the MAP program at UPenn, which is the Master of Applied Positive Psychology. Uh, can you explain a little bit? what psychodrama is, and how has the MAP program influenced your work? In the uh, early 90s, I developed a form of therapy, psychotherapy, for people with intellectual disabilities that involved using psychodrama, uh, really role-playing, deep-action role-playing, uh, because you didn't need reading, you didn't need writing, you didn't need a high level of cognitive ability to process it. Um, and we got tremendous results in our studies. Uh, people who went um, to these groups where we did role playing to help them improve their feelings and um, uh, change their negative behaviors, they did extremely well. Um, and they didn't know it back then, but I was probably budding as a positive psychologist uh, because I had something in there called an affirmation stage where we acknowledged their participation uh, according to something known as therapeutic factors. And then when I went to the MAP program and I you know, uh, felt this inspiration, we went back and I redesigned that, that whole thing. We started adding the um, um, uh, character strengths. I started working with uh, Ryan Nemec. Um, uh, from the VIA Institute, and uh, we've, we've been publishing together on the identification and application of uh, character strengths for people with intellectual disabilities, because we can, we can run a group, uh, treat people by, by using some role-playing, and during the role-playing, um, both um, activate um, uh, character strengths and then do something called strength spotting. We, we train the facilitators in uh, 14 different therapeutic factors for, uh, um, for group therapy and the 24 character strengths. So uh, when the facilitators go in to run a group, they learn a couple of basic role-playing techniques, uh, but they're armed with 38 things they're looking for. They're hunting the good in the group, and our outcome studies are just magnificent. People with uh, 
you know, exposure to these groups um, feel better and stay better. Um, so that's that's sort of the the, uh, the long version of uh, where that that material went. Yeah, and that therapy you were talking about that you develop is the interactive behavioral therapy, I believe. That's exactly right. IBT, interactive okay. behavioral therapy. And it can extend beyond people uh, with intellectual disabilities, and it helps people with uh, mental disorders as well. Oh yeah, and uh, you know, again, Chris, great, great question. You know, the um, I, I was again very, very, very lucky this uh, past summer at the International Positive Psychology Association meeting up in uh, Montreal. I was um, uh, honored with um, uh, the. Uh, avant-garde award for um, uh, best clinical intervention and it was something called the virtual gratitude visit. Um, I had basically taken Marty's research on uh, the gratitude letter where you know people write a letter of gratitude, they actually deliver it to somebody and when they do that uh, you know they feel better, Uh, it's sustainable at least for a month, you know their levels of depression are down, their well-being is up Everybody feels better doing that, but it occurred to me when I looked at that research is that uh, there's a couple of restraints. First of all, you have to be able to read and write. Uh, The person that you're delivering the letter to has to be alive. Um, And I thought with the advent of, um, you know, combining positive psychology and psychodrama, at least in my mind, uh, we could really extend this technique. Uh, so I started experimenting with what I called the virtual gratitude visit, where um, people have uh, an empty chair across from them, and they're delivering gratitude, uh, not a letter, uh, just something off the top of their head, to somebody that had um, you know, extended kindnesses to them, um, uh, who doesn't necessarily have to be available or alive anymore. And... Um, uh, I was extremely lucky again. Uh, Tal Ben Shahar asked if I would demonstrate this uh, technique with him, and we, we've captured this on film. Uh, does a virtual gratitude visit with me, uh, where he thanks his mentor at Harvard, uh, who passed the um, uh, happiness course on to uh, Tal. And uh, so it, it's quite a moving vignette. And um, that's what I showed at the award ceremony, uh, so um, people could see how it works. When you witness a role playing of something that's that integrated, where people are having authentic feelings of gratitude, um, we respond with uh, what Jonathan Haidt calls um, elevation. We get buoyed by this. You're moved emotionally. Although it came from my work in the IBT realm, um, this is now for, um, you know, a, a normal uh, population, a clinical population, and a subclinical population. Well, the book is American Snake Pit. I encourage everybody to run out. It's available this month uh, to run out and pick it up. It's a very important story uh, on a turning point in how we view people with intellectual and psychiatric disabilities. To learn more about Dan Tomasulo's book, American Snake Pit, Hope, Grit, and Resilience in the Wake of Willowbrook, visit us at livehappynow.com. With summer upon us, we want to let you know that Live Happy Now is going on a vacation in July. We'll be back in August with all new episodes, a fresh new format, and lots of great surprises we think you're going to enjoy. 
That's all we have for you today. So until next time, this is Jeff Sanders wishing you a great day and hoping that every single day you live happy.